Hello, Matt. Evening, Matt. How are you doing? I'm very well, Matt. How are you? Yeah, not bad. Not bad. Doing all right this week. Very good. All right. Well, let's uh, crack on. Um, let's talk about, uh, well, first of all, I should, before we get into the golf, welcome uh, to Man in the Stand, to Matt and to everyone else who uh, listens, if any, anyone's out there, as they say. Um, and uh, welcome uh, to the um, next week of the PGA Tour. Uh, we move from Pebble Beach and the AT&T uh, Invitational uh, to down the road from Northern California to the plush gated communities of Beverly Hills and the Riviera Country Club for the Genesis Invitational. Uh, now, if last week was a somewhat weakened field, this week has almost the feel of a major. Uh, there is every big dog in the yard at the uh, Genesis Invitational this week. Uh, so it's uh, obviously some of these guys are tuning up their games for Augusta, which I was glad in my heart to see is only 50 days away. Uh, so that's obviously the thinking behind a lot of these guys is to sort of get ready for Augusta. And uh, this is the first kind of time in the 2021 season where we've had all the big boys uh, in the same field on a PGA Tour regular event. So it, it should be great. I'm really looking forward to it. But before we kind of delve into that, let's go back and uh, and have a look at, uh, at, at what we sort of selected in the AT&T at Pebble Beach. Um, Matt, I'm going to give you the floor first and let's go through... Um, what you sort of what your selections were and what your general impressions were of the tournament? Yeah, for sure. So I, I can start with my my selections, which is a very short segment this week. Um, <laughs> I got through unscathed. Um, Casey um, couldn't really find a putt for most of the week, but finished a comfy fifth in the end, um, getting the full place at, at twenty to one. Couple of point and a half each way got me through the week just about just about undamaged, which was absolutely fine. Um, that aside, it's, I tweeted out about Saturday that I was frustrated because I felt like I got the event really wrong, um, despite at one point going in uh, halfway through Saturday or towards the end of Saturday's round with a round to go. Uh, I had five out of my six golfers, um, five out of my six selections were T25th or better, but none of them threatening anywhere near the top. Um, people like Neesmith finished about 16th in the end. Burns was threatening and faded late Sunday. Norlander um, shot eight under on Thursday. He was he was joint first round leader and absolutely flying, looking terrific. Um, but unfortunately, um, he despite shooting eight under on Thursday, he actually finished the tournament on seven under. Um, which if you'd have offered him, he'd have definitely not accepted come Thursday. Um, but that said, he just didn't look like getting into it at any point. So no arguments from me. Um, not really got a hard luck story. Um, they all threatened and sort of flattered to deceive at various points. Um, all through the cup, bar Peter Malnati, who just didn't get his putter going on Thursday. Um, but I shouldn't really whinge, considering I didn't really endanger the scorers, if you will. Um, getting out clean is, is a result for me. Um, and we move on. Um, it's one that I kind of feel like disappointed. I've not backed Berger on the face of it. I know hindsight's a great thing, but it's a really obvious winner. Um, and despite various bits of research last week. He's never really won that end of my mind. Um, and having backed um, Will Zalatoris um, at a very similar price, I feel a bit silly this week, truth be told. Um, but a lesson learned, um, course form over over recent form. Um, and yeah, that's my bets for the week. In terms of the yeah. part itself, 
um, I don't know what you thought. I thought it was actually a great watch. It was a great watch. God, what a beautiful golf course it is, isn't it, Matt? It's absolutely mm-hmm. gorgeous. Uh, it's such – I always kind of forget what a beautiful, uh, stunningly, uh, you know, visually stunning course Pebble Beach is. And um, that stretch of holes that they've got, um, you know, uh, in those par threes and that, uh, just along the coast there, um, the first sort of, sort of seven or eight holes are – just really beautiful. So I'm, um, uh, yeah, I really enjoyed it. It's a great watch. I too feel silly and a bit frustrated with myself this week because I too uh, look at Daniel Berger. There are tournaments where you look back and think, what were you thinking? And and that is one of them for me. This is definitely one of them. I, I love Berger. I, I picked Berger repeatedly. I think why I left Berger last week was because I was too hooked up on value. And mm-hmm. um, and I, you know, he was second favourite behind Patrick Cantlay. And I, I, he, had, he had a disastrous final round at Phoenix where he, he, had, he had an awful final round. He fell out of the top. 10, I think, and he was just all over the shot. No, it was a third round. Like, he, he, he just had a very bad um, weekend at Phoenix, and I just thought, oh, okay, he maybe he's kind of um, falling out of a bit of form. And, uh, but when the tournament was unfolding on the Sunday, I just, you just, I had a bad feeling in the pit of my stomach because I, I, too, I too had Casey and um, I had Tom Hoagie, you know, at 125 mm-hmm. to 1. And and he started, you know, solid enough. He had a very good third round, and he, and, he, and he started solid enough on the final round. Not spectacular, but he was in touch. Mm-hmm. And I thought, yep, this, this could be great for me. 125 to 1, you know, um, uh, possible winner to, or to even run a place would be great. And as the tournament unfolded on the back nine, uh, well, even on the front nine, I just looked at Berg and thought, this guy's such a street fighter. He's kind of like Justin Thomas. He just loves the fight he loves being in it he's such a good putter daniel berger like he's he's mm-hmm. he's nerveless on the putter um, which is what you want if you're gonna back a player with your own money you want someone who's going to be a really really solid putter so with the benefit of hindsight i'm i could have given myself a good stiff uppercut um, because I just looked at him and thought, even at the beginning of the day, I was busy helping my son with something on the on the Sunday, and and and, and before the tournament started on the Sunday, Berger because he had a disastrous 18th hole on the Saturday where he scored a yeah. seven on the par five. The bookies kind of went cold on him and put him out at seven to one on the final day, and I looked at that and thought. That's 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 great value for Daniel Berger. Uh, you know, two shots is nothing at Pedal Beach, and uh, with Jordan Spieth kind of still having his demons and, and playing great, but still having his demons, I thought seven to one was great. Then I got busy with my, my son doing something, and just got distracted. And then mm-hmm. when I was watching the tournament, by then he was too short for me because he was, you know, he'd done quite well in the first few holes, and I just had that sinking feeling of thought. Craig, you've missed a clanger here, do you know, <laughs> and um, and 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 his shot to you know to his his shot on the 18th to to be with within eagle distance on the green, and then to drain it, and I just thought fair play, Daniel, you were the best player, you 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 absolutely yeah, you weren't much in at the start of the tournament. I think he was like was he was he 15 to one or something like that, but still, 
I'm 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 a muppet for for not leave, for picking. I'm annoyed and I'm annoyed at myself as well. And 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 as well, um, you know, just in terms of my other picks, yeah, Casey, yeah, we both picked Casey. Um, and he ran a place and great. Okay, I'll take that. Um, wish he'd, I wish he'd, he'd started so promisingly, and I wish he'd kind of carried that on. Um, but he just, as you say, he couldn't buy a putt in the, in the, in, on this in, on much of the Saturday or the Sunday. Um, Tom Hoagie, I'm, I remain. Ultimately, his last round was incredibly disappointing, um, and he actually finished outside of the top, outside of the top seven, outside of the top of the money, which really. Pretty pissed me off if I was if I'm being honest yeah, because um, you know um, because he finished one un- one under on the final round to finish twelfth and the guy had been playing sublime golf for three days and and it's like you kind of alluded to with me with 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 both Burns and Hoagie what these guys they're both really talented but they both suffer bad weekends they just have Saturday and Sunday itis for both of them. It's not one day; it's it's two. But um, mm-hmm. but Togi, really, if he's going to win, and he's got the talent, he's got the tools. He's a great player. That's why I picked him. I know he's got the potential, but he has to close these ones out. If not win, then then run in the top five. You know, like you can't have a one under round on the Sunday. You can't do that on the PGA Tour. And I know he'll be there. I know he's only a young guy, and he'll get there. But I was really, really disappointed with Tom Hoagie on on the Sunday um, because because I felt it in my pocket, you know, like a you know, I, you know, 125 to one to run a place would have been beautiful. Um, but anyway, uh, you know, so be it. Sam Burns uh, once again flattered to deceive. I'm getting a little bit, I'm getting a bit short of patience with Sam Burns to be honest. Um, but let's to run over the t- the actual tournament itself. So Daniel Berger won um, on you know, with, um, with a final round seven under, which is absolutely brilliant. Um, nerveless round. He, that that guy is, as I say, such a fighter. He'll he'll never get scared. Although I, he was a great talk, quote he gave on the on at the end of the tournament. He said, "Winning a PGA golf tournament is like having a heart attack on every hole." Do you know, <laughs> and um, I thought that was a fantastic quote uh, because uh, you know it just shows you, even though he's not showing the nerves, he's you know he's still feeling it. The the, the blood and the heart still pumping underneath, but he you know. Uh, I thought Cantley was interesting. Um, so um, Cantley finished. So Maverick McNeely had a great final round, six, uh, six under final round to finish second on um, sixteen under, two two shots back of Berger. Um, Patrick Cantley was interesting on the Sunday. I actually thought Cantley was going to win this. I thought the only guy that was to tell, could, could challenge Berger was Cantley, but he could not buy a putt on the Sunday. Everything he just lipped out left or lipped out right, um, and he finished um, tied for third on 15 under with Jordan Spieth. I'm interested to know what you think about Spieth for the second week running. He, he, he did really well. I mean, he's so much better than where he's been. And he's, and he looked at times at Pebble Beach. Um, he looks absolutely brilliant. Um, I, and I know you're a big Spieth follower. So what, what were your impressions of Spieth and, and both on the weekend and going forward from here? Yeah, I mean, again, you've got to be impressed, haven't you? Having had a, a T4 and a T3 in his last two events. Um, <clears throat> obviously, there's the, the issue that he needs to address. I'm leading on Sunday by a couple of shots and, and shooting two under where actually the conditions weren't that hard and there was multiple six unders, four unders. There were some low scores out there that he just didn't get after. And I also think his <clears throat> his week was rose-tinted a little bit by, by a couple of hole-outs from the fairway um, that are... 
he's I saw a, some a disagreement on Twitter around this reputation that he's got for being a lucky golfer. I don't actually think that's the case, but he definitely <clears throat> pardon me benefited from from a bit of luck um through the tournament. Yeah. In terms of my my analysis of of his Sunday, now I was looking to lay him going into Sunday, but I was surprised how long he was. Um, he was about nine to four on the exchange going into Sunday. And I thought the fact that he was leading by two and the fact that he's called Jordan Spieth um, may have led to me getting a better price to, to get a bit of lay money down on him um, and actually yeah. get involved if he if he started quickly. Um, unfortunately, that didn't really happen. So I never got an opportunity to get involved. Um, but until I see evidence otherwise, I think when he's up there and leading going into the final round, I'm still happy happy to lay a bit because um, it, it doesn't look like he's got that all together yet. Um, he made a couple of simple mistakes um, just with approach shots not being great, which wasn't really what you expected with Spieth. In terms of my analogy of him going forward, I think in a golf tournament where you need to be strong off the tee, particularly driving accuracy at a premium, he's, he can't avoid the blow-up holes yet. He's still not got it in him, I don't think, to get through 72 holes without the double bogeys or, or the big misses. So yeah. that's a premium. I'd very much be, be avoiding him where possible. But there are plenty of tournaments on tour where actually off the team doesn't matter that much. And if mm. he get his irons, whether he's in the fairway or the rough, it doesn't seem to matter to him. Um, he's excellent at, at getting it from that point onwards. He just needs to still iron out that driver a little bit if he wants to be a be a force like he was on tour anyway. But it's remarkable how he seems to have got everything back together in a couple of weeks. And he seems to be trending in absolutely the right direction. Um mm. Yeah, I mean, I'm hopeful for him. I don't think I'll be backing him anytime soon, but I'm hopeful. Mm. Yeah, I, uh, I'm hopeful for him too. Uh, he's, he's one of the nice guys of golf. We, you know, most people love, 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 like Jordan Spieth very much, and I think um, it's nice to see the guy off Struggle Street and actually competing. It's great. Um, to round out the top 10 of, um, of the AT&T at Pebble Beach, Paul Casey finished in the tie for fifth, um, which is a result for us both. Um, Nate Lashley, um, disastrous, uh, 17th hole um, and uh, a seven on the par four. Um, and uh, was it the 16th, 16th or 17th? I can't remember. Uh, let, me just look, let me just look that up. Um, yeah, I beg your pardon. Sorry, my fault. Um, a disastrous um, triple bogey, seven on the par four, 16th, um, to to take him from the lead and, and, and really looking very likely to at least get into a playoff with uh, Berger because they were tied for the lead to to falling down to tied fifth. Um, um, yeah, I'm interested to see. Yeah, Nate actually looks like a good player, but he does uh, does seem to have those, once again, those blow-up holes as well. But that that was inexplicable, wasn't it? Like those three putts from, I yeah. mean, that was so close. It was, uh, it was uh, gee, you'd feel pretty sick if you had backed them, wouldn't you? Yeah, a couple of people I, I saw did. Now, on, on that, Front, fair play to him because they wouldn't have entered my radar in a million years for that tournament. Um, so well played them. Um, but it was the approach shot that, that cost him. It's criminal. You just cannot go over that green. Um, as soon as you saw it, you knew he was dead. You knew it was going to yeah. be... I mean, obviously, you can't predict a, a four-put and the, the, him imploding like he did. But as soon as you go along over that green, he was in the fairway too, I think, about 150, 160 out. Um, yeah. There seemed to be a couple of players getting distance, distance control wrong on that hole. But yeah. in the position there where he was in, he just needed to go middle of the green and go from there. I think the mistake was the approach. I was expecting him to struggle to get up and down, and you could just see the cogs ticking in his head, couldn't you? Once he once he missed the first one, it was a far from easy little downhill right to left to coming yeah. back. Yeah, and with the pressure of of trying to win a golf tournament where he's not exactly a 
a frequent winner it's i feel for the guy to be honest and i kind of understand the bit where he where he took it out on the green um yeah my favorite part was when he almost reconsidered going back to repair his damage just <laughs> the green and understandably he thought you know what someone else can deal with that i've got enough issues today yeah 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 that was a bit of a bad move to to lash out on the tv you know cameras but hey look um it's pressure. It's a pressure environment. Um, Jason Day uh, as well tied seventh. Uh, Charlie Hoffman tied seventh on thirteen under, thirteen under. Max uh, together with Max Homer, Russell Knox, who, who showed a lot, um, uh, and then ultimately kind of flattered to deceive uh, on thirteen under. Tringale, and then uh, back to my twelve under on, on Hoagie. So. Ultimately, um, what was, as I say, a week, a quite a weak tournament on paper. Um, it did go with the form horse and it did go with D- Daniel Berger and uh, the other form horse, Paul Casey and Patrick Cantlay. So, the, you know, the, the kind of three form horses were, were, were right there fighting it out at the finish um, with, a, you know, with a few other sort of um, contenders there, there and thereabouts. Um, all right. Now we move to, uh, as I say, the, um, the kind of gilded uh, surroundings of uh, Riviera. And and we go from a tight sort of technical track of of of, of um, Pebble Beach to a what we, what I would call a bit of a bomber's paradise in Riviera, uh, where it's uh, it's a lovely old course for Riviera. Uh, they call it Hogan's Alley, don't they? Uh, uh, and uh, there's um, some. It's a big, beautiful, old, established course with huge old trees. It's long and 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 wide, and um, and you just have to look at the kind of role of honour in terms of past winners to see that um, the guys that had it a long way kind of benefit here, one being Bubba Watson, who's won this tournament three times. And if there was any horses for courses kind of golfer, it's Bubba Watson because he, you know, there, there are certain courses where Bubba loves and, and, he, and he does well on them all the time. If he doesn't win, he's there or thereabouts. Uh, so, but he's surrounded this week and Bubba's not you know, a young man anymore. He's getting older and he's surrounded by guys now that he used to be able to, the only man in town that would drive, you know, 340, 350. Now there are guys that can do that all the time. So he's not, as I say, a bit of a, not unique in that capability anymore. And he's got Dustin Johnson, who's in, you know, incredible form. Brooks Kepka, who won the other week. Um, uh, Bryson DeChambeau, who hits it that far for fun. Um, Tony Finau, who can hit it that far for fun. Um, Gary Woodland, who's long and straight, so on. And so, I mean, the list goes on and on. And, and, I'm, and I mean, there's a lot. All it's funny now. Uh, you know, if you're not hitting at 300 plus comfortably, you're you're considered short, which is just crazy. Um, so, give me your kind of impressions of Riviera, Matt, and what what you're expecting for the week. I'm really looking forward to this. This is one of my favourite tournaments. I love this tournament uh, because I love. I think it's a beautiful looking course, but also it's um, it, it always uh, sets up an interesting uh, finish. And the fact that it's so strong and and will give some good masters pointers. I think I'm really looking forward to this. So, what give me your sort of thoughts about this, Matt? Yeah, I mean, it's equally it's one of my favourite tournaments of the year. It, it for me, it's it's the start of the golf season, like for real. It's the first one where they all turn up. Um, obviously, Tiger's yeah. not not playing this week, but it's normally one where he would start his season. Um, it's it's just one of the best tournaments of the year, and I think it's it's the start of that that build up to Augusta as well. But in on its own, I think it's a it's an outstanding tournament, and the field speaks for itself, doesn't it? I mean, you you couldn't ask yeah. for any more, really. Um, every man who you'd want to be here is here, and it's a it's a classic golf course. It's I like that 
it, it makes virtually every hole there's there's no nothing holes for me like it it makes people think about their golf shots and there's true risk reward on the vast majority of holes here um which yeah you don't get on a lot of on a lot of um courses on tour a lot of them can be a little bit bland um even at pebble there's a couple of stretches where they're quite samey holes um but and that said pebbles a beautiful course on its own um but yeah i like the setup i like the field i like that they're staying on Poana. Um, I like that it's a hard course. They've had a couple of low um, finishes here in the past, but you're not going to get the 20 plus unders that we saw sort of during the swing season. Um, so I like that it's it's challenging. I really like that it's hard to hit the greens here. Um, something that I always focus on in my analysis of a golf tournament is, is strokes gained approach and I am play. And I think that's rewarded in a massive way here, more so than, than others on tour. Um, Drew Maurice, <laughs> um, apparently... Players only hit the greens here fifty three percent of the time, which I think is just a fantastic stat. Um, oh. so that actually, it's not just smash it off the tee, hit your approach, and then if you put your win, um, it actually you need to if you're going to miss miss in the right places, you need to if hitting greens, greens in regulation. My good friend Matt Neesmith, who we'll get to in a little bit, um, if you're hitting oh. greens in regulation, that's a, a massive plus. But it's so much harder than usual because they're not massive um, either. Um, I quite like that. When you're looking at the history of it, you have some massive price winners in the past. Um, mm. so James Hahn won here at a, at a silly price. Um, there's a couple of others, but also there's quite a lot of elite winners. Um, and the crossover with Augusta is undeniable. Um, a really interesting stat I was having a read of. Apparently, of all the lefties who've won at Augusta, in Bubba, in Phil, in Mike Weir, have also got wins at Riviera, which I thought was quite an interesting correlation. And maybe maybe yeah. the, the lefty golfers. Um yeah, it's it's just it's got on a ridiculously strong field. I think the OWGR points um, is over 400, which is fairly rare outside of the majors. Um, and equally around that, when the field is this strong, in the last two years, um, the winner has exclusively come from the top 30 or so golfers in the world, bar the mm. week after majors, I think. Um, and the only outlier was CT Pan at Harbortown a couple of years back. Um, so it very much despite my love of value and prices and looking to, to cash that massive ticket, it very much focused my search towards the top end of the board. Um, I'm going yeah. to keep my powder dry to some degree on the outrights and look for some, some T10, T20 value. Um, Cause I said this to you a couple of weeks ago, I'm trying to be strict with myself and not back golfers who I don't think can win the golf tournament. Um, so, yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm staying with that. Um, I've had a look at, couple of the stats uh, and there's quite a lot of long par fours here which I'll I'll go into a bit when I talk about my picks um, and a lot of long approaches needed um, last week at Pebble um, the average approach shot was about 155 yards um, whereas last year at Riviera it was closer to 175 which doesn't sound like a lot but it's going to make a massive difference from these pros going in with a pitching wedge or a nine iron as opposed to a, a six or a seven iron so even though they whack it far these days that's still going to make have, have some impact over over how they play Mm. Yeah, I think um, I, yeah, I, I think it's going to be hard to go past. I, I don't think you're wrong to sort of, as you say, uh, be looking at the top of the market because uh, look, you, it's going to be hard to go past one of these guys. Um, uh, you know, reads and such. Um, sorry, DJs in such incredible form. Um, you know, Rory hits it a mile. Uh, uh, it's a, it's a really really intimidating kind of leaderboard if you're looking for value now i 
I could, you know, you can, we can pick JT and DJ all week long and, uh, and, and, you know, and I can do that as much as the next man. But I, as I say, I'm trying to, when I do my write-ups for Star Sports, when, I, when I'm trying to do this, I'm looking for value, for a bit of each-way value. I, I make no apologies for that. That's always the way I've been. Uh, and um, so my picks, I've got four picks this week, um, and I'll go through mine, then we can go on to yours. I, um, so I... I'm going to my first pick for this week is um, a hundred to one shot. Uh, he's my top pick for the week, and it's Jason Kokrak. Um, he's a hundred to one on Star Sports. Um, the reason I like Jason Kokrak is because he lost out in the playoff. Uh, sorry, uh, not playoff. Sorry, he lost out um, to Bubba Watson here three years ago uh, at at, uh, at Rivera. Um, he is a much sterner prospect now than he was then. Um, he's a uh, much more, he's, he's, he's recorded his maiden PGA tour win. Uh, he, he's then, he's he finished, you know, did well in the FedEx cup last year. He's, uh, you know, he started well this, uh, this year. Uh, it, 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 this kind of course suits Kokrak. He's long, he's straight. Uh, and as I say, he's, he doesn't have that pressure now of having to, you know, win to stay on tour. He's got his card for the next couple of years. And I just think he's a, He's a much more complete player now than what he used to be. So I'm going to go for a bit of value with Jason Kokrak at 100 to 1 as my first pick. Um, the uh, next pick I've got, uh, I'm going to go uh, with Bubba Watson. The reason I'm going to go with Bubba Watson, even though I say he's older and, and there's lots of players who can hit past him now even, I'm going to go with Bubba Watson because I've won on him here before. He loves this tournament. I, I've won him, you know, at Augusta and here. He, this guy, he turns up for tournaments he loves, and and he's kind of guilty of not turning up for for tournaments he doesn't, where he just kind of starts going all over the place. Um, I'm a bit scared about this pick because Bubba is not putting well at the moment, and and that worries me. But I'm going to pick him because at 45 to one, because he. Uh, he, he knows this course like the back of his hand. He's won here three times before. He feel, he's a confidence player, Bubba, and uh, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go back to him again because, um, uh, as I say, I think uh, it, the times even when he hasn't won here, he's been there or thereabouts. So I'm looking for him to you know at least get sort of be up in the place money. Uh, my next pick is, and I, I do this for my sins. I don't know why I'm doing this to myself. But I'm going to go back to Xander Schauffele again. And there's one reason I'm going to go back to Xander Schauffele. The reason I'm going back to Xander Schauffele is this. Apart from his terrible last round at Phoenix, he actually drove the ball really, really well for three days. In fact, for mo- and even most of the round in the fourth round, he only really um, kind of went, went bad um, in the sort of back half of the, of the last round. But for three, three days and a bit, he drove the ball really, really well. He's a sneaky long Xander Schauffele. He's he's as long as a lot of these guys. He can he can get it out three twenty three thirty. Not not too much bother. Uh, and so he's longer than he kind of looks. He's not a big guy, but he can hit it a mile. And I just thought he was he's been working very hard. And I'm just going to say that he had an awful day on Sunday. And uh, and I think that he could be there or thereabouts. This kind of course. Uh, as I say, second shots count, um, good approach shots count. He's he's in good form. He's just not getting it done. But I'm going to give him one more go. And and my last pick is um, Cameron Smith. 
Um, and the reason I'm picking Cameron Smith once again is because he's shown that he's in good form ever since he got that second at the Masters. He's been playing well. He's also another player who's sneaky long. He's at 75 to 1 with Star Sports. And, he, and I think he's a, he's a good, he's a, another good prospect that if he starts well and he, uh, and he and his approach game is uh, puts the ball in the right places, as you say. Not many pe- people can putt better on tour than Cameron Smith, and I'm saying hopefully he gets the ball in the right positions. He can start that putter of his firing up, and I think he could be good value. So those are my four picks. Matt, the floor is yours. Thank you very much. Before we get on to my picks, I would love Cameron Smith to win just to have that mullet raising the trophy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the mullet's beautiful, it's isn't it? It's so beautiful. work of art. Um, I I mean, it was getting good the last couple of when he was in Hawaii to have a couple of tournaments, but he's he's, he's refined it. And, and for those of you who haven't seen it, just Google the pictures, Cameron Smith Mullet, because it, it is a wonderful thing. Um, and I will enjoy it. I'm looking forward to seeing it on the golf course this week. Um, yeah, he's got, he's gone full trucker, hasn't he? <laughs> With the shaved sides and uh, and everything. It's absolutely, as you say, a work of art. Beautiful. And he's committed to it fully. And I full credit to him. Yeah, exactly. Spectacular. Um, in terms of my picks, so the first one, I feel a little bit dirty about making this pick um, because I don't design to go on a podcast to advise a pick who is already the best player in the world and there's zero value in his price. Um, with that in mind, I make no apologies, though, because I think if Dustin Johnson plays this week, I think he wins. Um, the reason for selecting him, um, as normally I'm looking for value the same as you, um, I debated picking a couple of golfers within the, the 12 to 14 to 16 range. Um, and actually, I just think Dustin's got more win equity on his own than me picking a couple of golfers. Um, so I think I'm doubling down this week. Um, I've got uh, my biggest bet in a while, I think, five points win um, on DJ this week for myriad reasons. Um, the first being that his course form is excellent. Um, he's finished T10, T9, T16, first, fourth, second, second. Um, so he's very rarely out the frame. And a lot of those performances were when he wasn't in quite as elite form as he is in a moment. It's a it's a chef second shot golf course. And he's done so much work with his wedges that, especially his distance control, I'm always so impressed with. Uh, and that he's, yeah. he's excellent. And I don't think he can put as badly as he did in Saudi. Because if he does put that badly, he won't win here um, because the field is far stronger. Um, but I think the return to, to a familiar course, similar to your Bubba bet, um, and a place where he's exceptionally comfortable on the greens. And I think he'll he'll perform well. And the stats I looked at this week were greens in reg approach and scrambling. Um, and Dustin, as you'd expect, leads the tour. Uh, strokes gained approach by um, quite a distance. He's about a third better than anyone else over the last six months, which is massive considering the, the ones in behind him are. You could throw a blanket over the next five or six golfers, but he's, he's far and away ahead of them. Um, greens in reg, um, he's fourth on tour. And I could kind of go over a lot of stats, but they wouldn't surprise anyone um, because he's the best golfer in the world for a reason. He's number one for a reason. Um, and I think with his recent form, he's won five out of his last 13 starts. I think I would regret not picking him just because I don't think there's a load of value in his price. So I'm all aboard with Dustin, um, but I mean, it won't surprise anyone that he's a threat this week. So make of that you will. Yeah. Um, my next selection is someone who's got a very different makeup of his game to DJ, and it's Colin Morikawa. Um, I would generally pick players who had more course form, um, and I hope I don't think the same as I did last week at Pebble later on this week. But um, he doesn't exactly have the course form. He's only 
played here once, um, but he came T26 on his first appearance. Um, and if I remember rightly, he actually made a triple bogey late on Sunday. So it could have been a far, far better performance. Um, and he makes up spectacularly for the course. Um, he's 10th greens in regulation. He's seventh on approach on tour. He's not an amazing scrambler, generally, but he scrambled much better here than his standard. And I think scrambling, getting up and down around the greens, around Riviera, is actually kind of a bit of a niche market and very different to a lot of places on tour. Um, and then one of the stats that I looked at, knowing, like I said earlier, about those longer approaches, I looked at long irons because a lot of the holes here, they have dog legs and they have cutoffs where players might have to lay a little bit further back off the tee and leave themselves with much longer approaches. Um, and actually, I looked at approaches from between 150, 175 yards and 175 and 200. Um, and Morikawa actually leads the, leads the tour on approaches from 175 to 200. So his long irons are on point. And to talk anecdotally, I remember just watching him sort of briefly. There's there's a lot of times where he sticks those four irons, those five irons really close. So, yeah, I like him this week. Um, and I think he's one of those players that we're going to look back in a couple of years' time maybe. And actually, Riviera is going to be a Morikawa course. Just because he's only played it once doesn't mean it doesn't suit him. Um, I think he makes out fantastically. And I think if he has an OK put in week, he's going to be right there with it. Um, clocked up a pair of T7s in Hawaii. So he's obviously in good form. That was coming off a break. He's not come out for a couple of weeks, but I'm expecting a big performance from Morikawa. Um, so he's my he's my second pick. The third is Joaquin Neiman, another one who was excellent, had two second place finishes in Hawaii. And is kind of one of the eminent talents on tour for me. Um, obviously, you've got your your Hovlands and your Ims and your Morikawas. I don't think Neiman's far behind, to be honest. I think he's equal almost in talent. Um, he's already unlucky not to have a win this year. He's sure that he's got the mentality um, to be able to compete. Um, he's, again, his irons have been great for a long time. But a big thing around Neiman is his improvement in putting. Um, so he's got a reputation as not a great putter. Um, but last year, he was he was losing strokes quite significantly, lost about 0.5, and that's been transformed this year. And there's just about enough stats and enough data there this year to say that that's not just a flash in the pan. He's actually made a conscious effort and he's a much better putter this year. So if he can maintain that as well as his strong tee to green game, I think he's a big threat. Um, and he's he's a great scrambler. He's greens in reg, he's approach. In terms of course form, it's not amazing, I'll be honest. Um, he's got 44th, 49th, 57th, and then a fifth four years ago. But I think you can say, bear in mind, he's only 22, 23 years old. Um, and I think he's a much, much better player now than he has been for the last couple of years. Um, even at this point last year, I think he's shown that he's a much better player. So I think at 50 or 1, he was an absolutely cracking price. Now, I have to admit, he has gone down since then. I think he's closer. Just have a quick look at odds checker. Yeah, he's 41 in a place and he's 35 generally, which I think is just about borderline value. It's about what I made him. Um, but getting on early at 50s was was great for me. And they've only got one more. Um, and it will probably come as no surprise to you that it's that it's Will Zalatoris. Um, it was a late ad. So I didn't put him on originally. And I've been thinking and umming and ahhing about it. But... Kind of like your Xander reasoning, having backed him last week at a fraction of the price um, and with in mind that actually, I think it's just recency bias that might have pushed him out because he was bang average at Pebble Beach. Um, but he's already placed at Torrey Pines and he's already placed at Wingfoot, both tough, tough courses in massive fields. Um, he actually got to the round of 16 in the USM here um, in 2017. Um, and his stats make out so well. He's ninth in approach play, even better if you use the if you adjust it to the last three or the last six months. Um, scores pretty well in all the stats I was after. And he's 
this surprised me looking at his stats, and I'm a big Zalatoris fan. He's 13th on tour in driving distance, which was a massive surprise, but he's going to be a weapon here too. Um, so, yeah, Aban Zalatoris at 66s um, each way. Um, again, it's a bit of a punt because he's not got a great deal of course form, but I like talent and I like stealing. So, yeah, Zalatoris for me. Yep, talent's a great thing. And uh, I, I thought that, that stat you gave us just then about his, his amateur um, uh, performance here, uh, that's a really great bit of, uh, of bit of research there because um, that's not something you would generally go and uh, look for and, uh, and, and that could be significant. So, um, yeah, that's not the, as I say, that's not, not, not the worst shot I've ever heard at all. And, yeah, talent is a, is, is a great thing. And if he gets off to a good start and he gets good feelings from this course, which he's played with it before as an amateur, then why not? Um, yeah, I, I think it's, it's going to be really fascinating uh, in running here. Uh, I think, um, uh, you know, it's, it's going to be a, a tournament where, a lot of guys are going to want to make a statement here. Um, you know, Brooks Kepka came off a, a very strong week to win, um, to win from the absolute wilderness to win two weeks ago at Phoenix. Uh, he'll want to show that that wasn't a fluke. He, uh, you know, him and DJ have got. You know, it's a bit of a there's a bit of a pissing contest at the top here between you know some of these guys. You know, the Rorys, the Dustins, the um, JT, um, Brooks Kepka. It's a fascinating tournament to see. Um, uh, John Rahm is a name that we haven't even said. And John Rahm could could tear this course apart. So um, you know, I'm really really looking forward to this. Um, thanks, Matt. Thanks for your for, for you know for your uh, input and your insights. Um, Matt Phillips, um, his Twitter handle is f o r e underscore bet. If you want to follow uh, Matt's tweets and uh, and all his um, uh, updates as he goes through the weekend, but um, let's let's enjoy it and let's uh, let's see how we go at Revere tomorrow. Sure. Right. Thanks again for having me on. And uh, yeah, good week. Yeah. Yeah. Have a good week and good luck. And thanks everyone to, for listening to Man in the Stand and uh, enjoy the golf. And we'll talk next week. Take care. Thank See you. Ya.